wanting the best for them. Now, sometimes there was some judgment, wasn't there? Sometimes there was a little bit of a whipping and uh, some judgment. We're going to, as we go through this series, uh, how many know how many minor prophets there are? Anybody? This is for 100 bonus points. 12, that's right. And I was kidding around Sunday when I said something about minor and major. The reason they're called minor and major is not necessarily because of their significance, that they're less significant, but they're shorter. Are you all with me? The major ones like, uh, you know, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Lamentations, those are long uh, books. And most of these that we're going to be studying, of course, Hosea, the one we're starting with, is one of the longest one. It's got 14 chapters. And then Zechariah, towards the end of the study, it's got 14 chapters. But some of them, Obadiah only has one. It's the shortest uh, book, actually, in the Old Testament. So it's going to be a great study. John's going to be team-tagging with me on this. I appreciate Brother John and his heart for God. And he's going to, amen, be uh, helping us out here some. But we're going to kind of lay, lay the foundation here tonight, this is all happening, a lot of this, as we move through the Minor Prophets from around 800 B.C. down to about 450 or so B.C. Uh, so as we go through this, uh, just kind of realize the time frame, uh, the two tribes. I mean, remember that they were all, there were 12 of them all together. And then under, I believe it was Rehoboam, the first or the second, I can't remember exactly which one they divided. There was the ten northern uh, uh, tribes, and then there was the two southern tribes. The ten northern tribes was called Israel. The two southern tribes were called Judah. So a lot of this tonight, there's going to be an ap- application toward both uh, Judah and Israel. And sometimes we'll see different words that he'll use for Israel. Sometimes he'll say Jacob. Are you with me? Sometimes he'll say Ephraim. And But just understand that when as we go through here, that's still the term for Israel. How many of you know that God changed Jacob's name to what? Israel. So that's kind of what we're going to find and discover as we go through here. All of these prophets uh, had a divine message. They were used by God for the time period they were in. And we're going to see kind of a pattern here tonight. I'm fixing to go over this little chart that I drew for you. In fact, let's go ahead and do it now. There's five different uh, recurring themes here as we go through these minor prophets. A lot of times it will start with sin. There will be spiritual adultery in the form of what? Idolatry, wickedness, perversion, all kinds of things going on. They, you know, they didn't live up to the covenant. You know, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit. But in Deuteronomy chapter 29, the Mosaic Covenant. Anybody remember that? I know we all know Deuteronomy 28. Terry touched on it, the blessings of God. But if you read Deuteronomy 27... Through 30, there's a lot of stuff going on there. We're going to actually read part of Deuteronomy 29 tonight that talks about the covenant that God wants to make with Israel. You obey me, life's going to be good. I'm going to bless you, sand of the sea, stars in the sky, just blessings, blessings. But you disobey me and you break the covenant, you're going to reap a whirlwind. And Hosea actually is the one that says that very thing. You sow to the wind, you're going to reap what? A whirlwind. It's not going to be good. So we'll see the pattern of sin. We'll see God calling them to repentance through these mighty men of God, these messengers, these prophets of God. Uh, his vengeance, he'll, he'll tell them about his vengeance is coming and his pending judgment. 
then we'll move towards God's forgiveness, God's love, and willingness to restore. Is he still doing that today? God still, he wants, he's not willing, the Bible said that what? Any should perish. No one should perish, but man has a choice, doesn't he? And we, I know last night we're talking about that in our Bible college class, the fact that we are free moral agents. We can choose God or we cannot choose God. And so it's very, how many are glad you chose God? Oh, me too. Man, if we don't, somebody said, I just don't have anything to thank God for. Just thank him every morning that you chose him, but he chose you first. Amen? Hallelujah. So God's forgiveness. And then we move on around here, even on the circle, to encouragement. He encourages them to remain faithful and to enjoy God's blessings. We're going to see this play out in Hosea, all of these different things. It'll be sin. He'll be calling them to repentance, God's forgiveness, encouragement. And there's also, as we go through here, and I think even Hosea, yeah, actually in the first chapter, he even has some prophetic words towards the coming Messiah. So I kind of put it out here farther out on the timeline. But this is something that we're going to see playing out uh, throughout this series as we go through all 12 of these uh, different minor prophets. Everybody good with that? So that's on your handout there. Five reoccurring themes. Uh, it's towards the bottom uh, under the questions. Number A is sin, and then B is judgment and the call to repentance. C is God's forgiveness. D is encouragement. And E is the coming Messiah. Did I go too fast? You can look up here and see this also. Sin, call to repent, God's forgiveness, encouragement. Over and over again as we go through these uh, 12 uh, minor prophets. They're also called the Book of Twelve. That's another name for these. Most of us have just heard them in probably in the newer terminology, uh, the minor prophets. But they're also referred to. Some authors as the book of 12. So there's going to be several things going on here, but there's going to be some forthtelling going on. See that on your handout? What is forthtelling? It's informing the listeners of their current spiritual conditioning. Condition. What's happening right now in your life? Can, the, can a, a, a man of God do that? Yes. What's going on right now? And then also... The second thing that's going on is foretelling, and that's making predictions for what? For the future. Do you all need a study sheet over here? We'll get you one here. Somebody will. John, there may be some extras. If not, we can, we can run some copies here. Anybody lacking a sheet tonight? There's a few. Uh, they'll make a copy here and get it back to you. Anybody lacking one? Hold your hand up, and we'll make sure you grab one. All right. So, uh, foretelling and foretelling. And again, all of these uh, were given something to say by God, divinely inspired of God, and they wrote and recorded what God told them to say. So they were kind of like watchmen, can I use that term, to call Israel back to God during this time period when they have sown again to the wind and reaped a whirlwind. We actually even see them going, what, into Assyrian Captivity during this time period from 800 B.C. down to, you know, about 400 uh, 
B.C. So a lot going on here. Several of the minor prophets just kind of laying a foundation. They're concerned with the Assyrian invasion. That's happened between 722, 701 B.C. Amos, Micah, and Hosea all talked about this or prophesied about it. The Babylonian invasion that happened around 605 to 586 B.C. Zephaniah and Habakkuk, they uh, had some words to say about it. Uh, three of the prophets focus on the rebuilding of the temple. If you've studied this, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, they talk some specifically about the rebuilding of the temple. And then three of the prophets are what we call, quote, prophets to the nations with themes that focus on them. And that was Obadiah, Jonah, and Nahum. So if we look at these, they're not in chronological order. Everybody understands that, right? It, if, we went, if we went in chronological order, it would be Obadiah first, then Joel, then Jonah, then Amos, then Hosea. Hosea would be what? Number five. One, two, three, four, five, and then on down through there. Most of you are not going to remember that, and you, you may not even be interested in that. But it, again, these are not in chronological order. So uh, as we go through here, there will be some uh, stuff regard, regarding his, uh, historical context that will do with, have to do with history and what was going on during that time period. There will be some covenantal context regarding the Mosaic Covenant, the Davidic Covenant. Everybody familiar with those? The Abrahamic Covenant, the Davidic Covenant, the Mosaic Covenant. There will be some context about that. Uh, there will be some kingdom context and messianic. It's hard for me to say that word. Messianic uh, context referring to the coming of who? Jesus, the Messiah. So, y'all ready to dive in here into Hosea? Amen. It's a love story, isn't it? The, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to find out that God commanded Hosea to marry an unfaithful wife, did he not? And we're going to find out uh, the picture that, that is uh, represented here by this union that, uh, that happened and occurred between Hosea and uh, Gomer. Everybody remember that name, Gomer? Okay, let's see if there's anything here I want to read before we start reading here. Uh, he was commanded to marry this woman. Uh, uh, let's see here. Yeah, let's just go ahead and start in here, I think. Well, one thing. Here, here's kind of the purpose. Uh, we're going to kind of watch the prophet here, uh, Hosea, submit himself willingly to the Lord's direction. He's going to grieve. Uh, we're going to grieve with him over the unfaithfulness of his wife and his people. And we're going to hear the clear warning of judgment from God. Then reaffirm your commitment to bring, or not to bring, to being God's person, faithful in your love and true to your vow. So a lot, lot going to be going on here. Hosea chapter 1 and verse number 1. How many notice the outline here? This will kind of help break this down. It's at the top of your... It's at the top of your uh, hand out there. Okay. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Beri, during the reigns of Uzziah. So several different kingships going on here. Are you with me? 
Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, the kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jeroboam, the son of Jehoash, the king of Israel. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, there was a time when God began to speak through Hosea. Amen? And there's a time when God wants to speak through you and I, especially us as ministers. Amen? He has a word. He gives us a word, and we speak forth and declare that word. So the Lord uh, begins to speak to him, and the Lord said to him, Go, take to yourself an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness. Wow. Can you imagine the feelings and the emotions of, I mean, I thought about this as I was reading it, I think, again, Monday morning, uh, to go and marry someone that was unfaith, unfaithful. Who would, in their right mind, want to do that? Nope. So I'm sure there were a lot of feelings, don't you? <laughs> a lot of emotions as he's, uh, oh, <laughs> okay. Okay, but was he obedient? Yes, he was. He obeyed. Uh, and, I, and I thought about this. Sometimes there's pain in obedience. Anybody got the t-shirt on that? There's pain in obedience and doing what is right. Listen to someone today that had prayed to God and God had told them to do something that... Uh, they weren't necessarily wanting to do. It's going to cost them several thousand dollars. But God spoke it into their heart. And they said, Pastor, I'm really wrestling with it. And I said, well, I'll be praying with you. So sometimes there is pain in obedience. You know, we, we, want, we don't like pain, do we? <laughs> I don't. I don't like pain. But uh, sometimes it, it, is, it is present in it. So he tells him, Take to yourself this adulterous wife and catch this, underline this, children of unfaithfulness. We're going to find out in this first chapter, they have three children, but two of them may not have even been his. Are you with me? Okay, let's look here. The first one, uh, let's read verse 3. He married Gomer, the daughter of Diblim, and she conceived and bore him a son. All right, so the first one there's kind of, we get the picture that it was his, right? But we're going to notice the difference here in a minute on the next two. Then the Lord said to Hosea, call him Jezreel. And if you look, if you look at the meaning of that name, it's God scatters. Because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day, I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. So Gomer conceived again, and this time, the way it described it, she gave birth to a daughter. It doesn't mention him. Did you catch that? She just gave birth to a daughter. So by then, already in the relationship, perhaps there was already the adultery going on, which, again, God commanded him to do this, but it's going to play out into a beautiful picture of God's redeeming love, isn't it? 
So some of y'all are just soaking this up. Are you enjoying this tonight? All right. Yeah, it's, it's powerful, the, 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 the message of love and, and restoration here in the, in the book of Hosea. So she, she, the Lord said to Hosea, call her Lorahama, which means no mercy. For I will no longer show love to the house of Israel, that I should at all forgive them. Yet I will show love to the house of Judah. Do you see the separation there? Israel never had one righteous king after the split. All of them were wicked. Whereas Judah had several uh, righteous kings that were trying to rid the nation of idols and witchcraft and idolatry, all the stuff that was going on, and they would just about get it wiped out, and then here they'd go a whoring after some other god. So it was, a, again, a, a, he, he, but he makes it clear right here, I will show, I'll still show love to the house of Judah, I'll save them, not by bow, sword, or battle, or by horses and horsemen, but how? By the Lord their God. So after she had weaned Lorahamah, Gomer had another son. Again, doesn't mention him, does it? As being the father. Then the Lord said, call him Loamai, for you are not my people, which is exactly what that means, not my people, and I am not your God. Now, these next two verses are powerful here. Let's, we're going to focus in on these a little bit. Yet the time, yet the Israelites, here we go. I was looking up there. It's a different version, isn't it? Y'all are reading? Okay. Uh, yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore. He's going to bless them, right? Which cannot be measured or counted. In the place where it says, says to them, you are not my people, that's not going to happen. They're going to be called sons of the living God. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will be reunited, and they will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land, the, for great will be the day of Jezreel. What do you think that who this is prophetically speaking about? Jesus, the coming Messiah. Paul actually quotes this very scripture in Romans uh, chapter 9. I don't think I gave that to her, but uh, let's turn over there and read that really quick. He, he used this scripture in using, uh, he used it to kind of talk about the, the bonding of the Gentiles and the Jews, okay? So he, here in Romans 9, 20, 25 and 26, uh, if I can get there, that's Romans 8. We're getting close. We're in the neighborhood, <laughs> right down the block, right? Romans 9, 25, 26. He quotes Hosea. He says, as says Hosea, in this chapter 1, verse 10, I will call them my people who are not my people, and I will call her my loved ones who's not my loved ones, and it will happen that in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they will be called the sons of the living God. So in the verses before this, again, he's talking about the unity uh, or, or, or the coming together of both Jew and Gentile, right? So uh, if you've read that, you understand that. So we see already here in Hosea, 
a prophetic word, right? Way down. Yeah, way ahead. Here we are in, what, what did I say, probably 725 or so B.C. He got this prophetic word from the Lord. So uh, God's going to reunite them. Uh, they're going to be blessed uh, like the sand on the seashore. So they'll all be united under Christ. So any questions on chapter 1? Anybody got a comment? Maybe, you know, this is Bible study class, and so I love your comments. Think, I think this particular one is probably referring to Christ, you know, under one leader, you know, kind of under the, under the Davidic covenant, uh, God promised him that the Messiah would come from what? The seed of David. And as we trace the genealogy, you know, all the way down to uh, Christ, was he of the seed of David? Yeah, of the seed of Abraham. But yeah, good, good point, though. Yeah, they did. They did come, you know, Israel has been scattered several times over the years. But they, like Pam just said, they did come back together as a nation in 1948. Even farther. Right. They'll be re. Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Still a beautiful picture of restoration and being reunited together. You know. Uh, I think I wrote it down here somewhere. Uh, Israel only lasted 200 years after the split. Uh, Judah lasted another 150 years after the after the split. I th- I'm pretty sure. I, I, don't quote me on that, but I think when I was studying and researching that some Monday there, I think that's kind of what what I had in my my mind. So when we willfully, you know, uh, Israel very quickly had wicked kings and. And God, and I think it's in this next chapter, he's going to tell them, I really, and we know that even back when this was recorded in uh, First Kings or wherever, I think it's First Kings, God didn't really want them to have a king, did he? No. He, he, didn't, he did not want them, but they wanted to be like all the other nations. We need a king. We need a king. So, okay, you need a king. I'll get you a king. And, of course, Saul, we know that he, you know, became the king and didn't last very long, did he? Just uh, became, uh, again, uh, turned away from God and, and walked in his own ways. And let me know that'll catch up with you. <laughs> Always want it. So, any other good good comment there, Pam? Anybody else tonight? Something here that just leaps out at you in chapter 1? All right, chapter 2. Save your brothers, my people, and of your sisters, my loved one. Rebuke your mother, rebuke her, for she is not my wife, I am, and I am not her husband. Let her remove 
the adulterous look from her face and the unfaithfulness from between her breasts. Otherwise, I will strip her naked and make her as bare as on the day she was born. I'll make her like a desert, turn her into a parched land, and I'll slay her with her thirst. I will not show my love. So this is talking about Israel being punished, and we're going to find towards the end of it, restoration again. But right here, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a, a penalty for spiritual unfaithfulness to God. There's a, I don't know if penalty is a good word, but there's a, what's the word here? What's a good word? There's, there's consequences. The wilderness journey. The 40 day, 40 years in the wilderness when it's only, you know, 11, 12 days. Round and round we will go, right? Yeah, yeah, right it right right in this right in right in here, huh? Yeah, yeah, the exposure of the sin. I like that. God doesn't will not always wink at sin, will He? You and I are very fortunate in the for the dispensation that we live in. There's a lot of people in high places that think they are getting by, getting by, getting by. Yeah, yeah. They boldly keep on going. Yeah. But there's a day coming. Mark it down. There is a day coming. When the secret sins, when all the corruption, when all the lies. Uh, to, to, it's almost to the point our country to get to any level of, of uh, highness in Washington. It's the one that can lie the most and be the most corrupt. Sad. I was praying this morning. Just it broke my heart. And even in here tonight for America, the, I want to believe there's going to be some Gideons and, and Rahabs that rise up. And that's what I pray for is young, the next generation coming up. And, 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 I, and I do have coffee and visit with some that on our local state uh, level that are good men. They are good men, and they want to make a difference. They want to do what's right. They want to get our state in our state, I think of all the states, uh, pretty much uh, there's a lot of good things to say compared to so many other states. Are we perfect? No. But uh, how many pray for your state leaders? They, they convene uh, February the 6th again, so be put them on your, on your prayer list. So, I will not show my love to her children. Uh, their mother has been unfaithful and has conceived them in disgrace. She said, I will go after my lovers who give me my food and my water, my wool and my linen, my oil and my drink. We're going to talk about that. Therefore, I will block her path with thorn bushes. I will wall her in that so she cannot find her way. She will chase after her lovers but not catch them. She will look for them but not find them. Then she will say, <laughs> kind of like the prodigal son. The story, remember that? I will go back <laughs> to my husband as at first, for there, then I was better off than now. 
She has not acknowledged, here it is, key, that I was the one who gave her the grain, the new wine and the oil, who lavished on her the silver and gold, which they used for the wrong purpose, right? They used it for worship of Baal, didn't they? And this is true, just like Israel didn't realize that God was the giver of blessings, right? Same thing, God blessed her with oil and wine and fine linens and cloth and all of this stuff and pride. They thought they were the ones doing it, right? thought they were the ones that was, uh, uh, you know, doing all this stuff. I've met people in my life that have, have actually said, I'm a self-made man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That didn't last very long, I'm telling you. And I've seen some of them come prideful. There you go, prideful, very filled with, with pride. You know, every day, there's hardly a day goes by. I don't acknowledge God and thank Him. He's in control of my life. Everything that I have, everything that I will ever have, is because of Him and His love for me and His blessings on my life. So she, she finally, apparently here comes to her senses, doesn't she? Just like Israel. Hallelujah. Eventually. She has acknowledged, that's the key word, that I was the one. Praise God. That's a good place to be, isn't it? When we acknowledge our sins, what is it John said? If we're faithful and just to, what is that? Now I just lost it. I had it. Say it, uh, Jeannie. Yeah, that, that's it. Something along those lines. He will forgive us and cleanse us or something like that. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just and cleanse us from all Unrighteousness. There we go. We all figured it out. <laughs> Jeannie got us started, though. All right. He says, therefore, I'll take away my grain. A sign of some judgment, right? When it ripens. And my new wine, when it's ready, I'll take back my wool and my linen intended to cover her nakedness. So now I'll expose her lewdness before the eyes of her lovers. No one will take her out of my hands. I'll stop all her celebrations, her yearly feast. Her new moons, her Sabbath days, all her appointed feasts. I'll ruin her vines and her fig trees, which she said were her pay from her lovers. I'll make them a thicket, and wild animals will devour them. I'll punish her for the days she burned incense to the, ba- to the bells, plural. She decked herself with rings and jewelry and went after her lovers. But me, she forgot. What a story, right? What a, a comparison to Israel. And that's what Hosea is doing here. God is using him through marrying this unfaithful woman to show the picture of what Israel has done to her husband, the living God. Right? Y'all got that, right? Therefore, I am now going to allure her, I'll lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her then I'll give her back her vineyards and I'll make the valley of Achor a door of hope there she will sing as in the days of her youth 
In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You'll no longer call me my master. I'll remove the names of the bells from her lips. No longer will their names be invoked. In that day, I'll make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the creatures that move along the ground, bow and sword and, and battle, I will abolish from the land so that all may lie down in safety. Another prophetic word right there as we're going through here in chapter 2, right? I will betroth you to me, how long? Forever. I will betroth you in a righteousness and, is that betroth? Sometimes I get my, yeah, I think betroth, betroth. I think, I think I've heard it more betroth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll uh, I can butcher the English language sometimes. But uh, betroth you to, my, to me forever. I'll betroth you in righteousness and justice. Catch that. In what? Righteousness and justice. Is righteousness and justice coming? Yes. In love and compassion I will betroth you in faithfulness is God into faithfulness yes he is and you will acknowledge the Lord and that day I will respond declares the Lord I'll respond to the skies and they will respond to the earth and the earth will respond to the grain and the new wine and the oil and they will respond to Jezreel I will plant her for myself in the land I will show here it is I will show my love to the one I called not my loved one. I will say to those called, not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. So we see reconciliation is about to happen. Hosea is going to go and get Gomer, isn't he? I think this is the next chapter where that, where that happens. He goes, he has to even pay, he has to pay a price for her. Here she is, he's already paid a price once for her to be his wife. And she's going after these other lovers. And now he has to go back. Again, a picture, such a picture of God's redeeming love. Amen. The Lord said to me, go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another and is an adulterous lover. As the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. This is a key verse. Underline it in this whole uh, book of Hosea. There's you know several more chapters, but what a picture. Amen. Go show your love to your wife again. Though she's loved by another and has done all these things, go get her. Show your love to her. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethek of barley. Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will live with you. For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or idol. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. Oh, how many pray for Israel? Hallelujah. Me too. 
I had the privilege, I think I told y'all last year, of meeting a young man from, from Israel, from the tribe of Benjamin, and got to minister to him a little bit and talk to him about the Messiah. He didn't realize the Messiah had already come. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, he has. Got to talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. He said, really? You know, he's, you could tell he hadn't studied the Hebrew or, or much of his uh, Bible very much, but, man, what a... Powerful. They will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. Wow. They'll come trembling. Isn't that, is, is that a good place to be? Is that showing respect and honor? Come trembling and a little bit of, I don't know if fear is the word. Fear and respect kind of go hand in hand. There's a good kind of fear and there's a bad kind of fear, isn't there? But with much Respect, trembling and bowing before their Lord, their God. So, uh, what time is it? We're getting close here. How long is chapter 4? That one's pretty long. Uh, so, in our outline tonight, we've got into the illustration of Hosea's marriage. We've talked about her, the children. We've talked about the restoration of Israel. The explanation of Israel's harlotry and God taking her back. And then the parallel of unfaithful Gomer and Israel here in this last chapter 3. So down at the bottom, uh, we'll go ahead and fill this blank out before we uh, dismiss. The three main messages of Hosea are, number one, I didn't really leave you a, a line there. You'll just have to write this in there. Uh, Israel had turned away from God and judgment was coming. That's one of the main Message. We're going to see that up here. If you look on the outline, there's a, there's a first judgment speech. There's a second judgment speech. There's a third. There's a fourth. There's a fifth. There's a sixth as we go through this next, next week. We hope to finish uh, this up uh, next week because a lot of it is overlap. There's, you know, each chapter has a little bit of some different things on it, but hopefully we will finish up Hosea and then move on into Joel the following week. But number one, Israel had turned away from God. And judgment was coming. Number two, a love message. Y'all see that? Playing out here? Hosea went back after his unfaithful wife, didn't he? He pursued after her and went and got her. How many of you know the Lord pursues people with love, doesn't he? Did he pursue you? Hallelujah. He loves you so much. He wants everyone. You know, we have a message for everyone, don't we, here at the house? God loves you, has a great plan for your life. He will restore you. Praise God. There's a, a man I've been working with since before Christmas. I, I hope to see him here some, someday. I keep praying and believing. I thought maybe tonight that was bound up in addiction. And uh, he told me today he's been uh, alcohol-free for 21 days. So give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for Michael. Amen. We're believing for... For restoration for this young man I've never met him yet I've just talked to him on the on the phone but the last one uh, love message number two and then the last one restoration I love I love that word don't you true repentance opens the door to restoration doesn't it true repentance when we fall on our face before God and cry out to him as we were talking about here in this last verse in chapter Three, trembling and bowing before the living God. He is holy God, isn't he? 
sovereign God Almighty. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm in His presence, I, uh, I tremble. Amen? Praise God. God bless you all. Amen. Let's stand together then. All right. Jen has to get up early and go to work in the morning, so appreciate her coming tonight even. Amen. Glad you're here. How many of you think this is going to be a good series? Yeah. Amen. Going to learn, hopefully, some, some things here and, uh, that will help us in life. You know, it's, it's not only applicable, you know, to the story of Homer and, uh, I mean, of Hosea and Gomer, and not only so of Israel and, uh, and God, but it's, I think it's a message for us too. Amen? It's, it's applicable. It's uh, to us today. So, Brother Terry, would you just dismiss us tonight? Father, we thank you.